Deep Talk, The Human Condition is a member of the TJ.FM network from WTJU. To learn more, visit TJ.FM. That's T-E-E-J dot F-M. Hey, welcome to the first episode of Deep Talk, The Human Condition, the podcast where we welcome a new interviewee every episode to share their emotional experiences about their lives. First, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoy the first podcast as much as I do. My name is Nick Delaney, and I'll be hosting the show. For the first episode, I would like to welcome a very special guest. Our guest today is a senior in high school, a singer, an actress, a dear friend of mine for many, many years, and overall, an absolutely fantastic person and friend. She has always been so good and helpful to me emotionally, so thank you so much for being here and doing this. Okay. First and foremost, the most important question, how are you doing? (laughs) I am doing wonderful. Just finishing off senior year and everything that comes with it, a little bit stressed, a little bit excited, which I think is a good way to, um, you know, a good state of mind to be in. Right. And you have those exams and everything, so I'm glad you're making it just fine through all of those. Yeah, yeah. Me too. Me too. Hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) We'll We'll see. see. We'll see. (laughs) You get your grades in July, so. (laughs) I'm not saying you're going to fail or anything. Yeah, I'm sure you're not. (laughs) Oh. And just like that, many, many years of friendship went down the drain. Shattered. Okay. (laughs) So, first question. What struggles do you see yourself having 10 years from now? So I can definitely see myself 10 years from now, um, to be quite honest, having financial problems. Um, I think in our generation, we're very blessed because like for my, the people that I'm surrounded with, we have parents that provide for us and that have, you know, um, good, are in good financial standing. But I just worry that 10 years from now, I'm not going to be in the same financial position. When my parents first got married, or before they got married, they were in marriage counseling or like pre-marriage, you know, that kind of stuff. And they took a survey and the priest told them that the number one problem they would have in their marriage or like number one strain would be money problems. And they were like, oh, I don't know. And yet, like, that's definitely been the number one thing that they've stressed about and argued about through the years and so it kind of got onto me as well like I would you know we're a family and so when my parents would be stressed about that I would be stressed about that and so it's not that you know we had horrible horrible financial issues but we definitely went through some difficult times and so you know I think that 10 years from now I can see myself being in a similar situation and stressed And while I recognize that hopefully 20 years from now, 30 years from now, my job will have had an increase in salary and such. And, you know, you'll be in that stage of life where you don't really have to worry about um, finding a job just because you have that experience. But 10 years from now, I'll be 28. And so in my mid-20s, kind of an adult, but they say those are like the half- Absy adult years. Right. So I kind of worry financially whether or not I'm going to be stable and living on my own or all of that kind of stuff, you know? Right. Uh, how do you think your parents' struggles with finances affect you? Like, how do you 
Why do you see those struggles being passed on to you? Well, like I had mentioned, my parents would argue about money and they wouldn't like argue in front of my siblings and I, but they would kind of talk about it downstairs and I, you know, my bedroom is, I can hear everything. And so I would hear that kind of stuff and it would really stress my, stress me out. My dad worked for startup companies for several years before he landed, he got his job at Microsoft. And so we were kind of, it was unreliable with whether or not we were going to have, um, you know, a month where, oh yeah, everything's going great. And then the next month he would have to take a huge pay cut because the startup company just wasn't working out and they just didn't have the funds to um, give my dad a good salary and such. And so that definitely affected me just on so many levels because whether it would be little things like saying to my mom, like, ah, can we go to Chick-fil-A for dinner? Uh, And she being like, you know, that we're then we're really stressing about finances. I don't know why you would ask me that. And so it would really just cause me a lot of stress. And so, yeah, it it really has affected me, and I don't want it to affect me, but it's just kind of been something that through the years I've come to see finances as a stressful topic when I know not everyone does or not everyone experiences that. So, yeah. Why do you feel that you associate finances with something that really isn't finances. It's more of a memory, more of like a struggle you had yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's a really good question. I think that for me, I think every family has that one hurdle that they're trying to get over or get past and that really anchors, not anchors, weighs them down, sorry. And for my family, that was finances. I know other families have things like infidelity or um, their parents just aren't really around enough to take time with their kids or, you know, drugs, alcohol, that kind of stuff. But with my family, it was just finances was the stressful thing for us. And so I associated, I've always kind of seen finances as the thing that was weighing our family down when, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. No, (laughs) I understand. It's like you're scared that that stress is going to be put yeah, back on yeah. you when you have to deal with it yourself. Uh-huh, exactly. And I I think kind of what's beautiful about family is that they say a family anchored in love can weather any storm. Like that's kind of a quote I know that sounds really cheesy and all that, but when you have a struggle presented to you, whether it's finances or infidelity or drugs, that kind of stuff, I think that it gives you an opportunity to grow more as a family and to really blossom your love because, you know, when you start off a marriage or when you start off a family, I think that it starts off kind of not immature, but in its baby stages, you know? And so we are given opportunities to grow and to overcome these hurdles so that we can grow together stronger and we can really form a family that is stable and that can go through anything. So since you're a senior this year, you're going to be going to college in just a few short months. Mm -hmm. What do you think you're most excited for in college? Wow, in college. Well, I have been going to Catholic school for almost my entire life. And I am so grateful for that. It has been amazing. I love Catholic high school or Catholic schools and all of that. But 
to some extent there I've definitely been limited with certain things um obviously like I've never been to a high school that was less than 30 minutes away from my home <laughs> and so I kind of <laughs> from a young age even as you know first grade kindergarten and all that it was always having to get up super, super early and drive all the way to school and all that. And I always complained and whined, like, ah, why do I have to get up early? And so I like the idea of um, going to college and getting to not have to commute and not have to worry about driving or any of that or waking up super early. Like, I talked to some of my college friends and they're like, oh, I had to go to an 11 o'clock class. And for me, that's like, (laughs) get over yourself, (laughs) you know? So I definitely love that. Another thing with Catholic high school is obviously you wear a uniform and you Mm. can't really tell because we're, (laughs) because you can only hear my voice right now, but I'm very fashionably inclined. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel like that's a lot of things with Catholic school kids. When they get out, they just, like, want to go all out shopping, (laughs) get some nice clothes, not a uniform. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because I know that's definitely what I'm going to do. And I hope anyone who's listening right now, I'm in a beautiful gown and just picture how fashionable I (laughs) am. (laughs) You can cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, I'm, like, I'm in the same outfit Harry Styles wore to the Met Gala, actually. Okay, and I we t- look just like him. <laughs> yeah. Actually, this is Harry Styles. <laughs> Anyways, but um, yeah, so there's definitely, yeah, just also, it's not that Catholic high school isn't amazing. I feel like I need to reiterate that because I don't want this to be like a trash piece on Catholic high school. <laughs> but there are not as many resources as I would, as there are in college. Let's put it that way. Right. Um, whether it be like an entire rec center of with two pools and every exercise machine imaginable or, you know, just having a surplus of counselors and people that can help you with stuff. It's just really cool. The idea of going to a really, really big place that has every resource imaginable and that really just has it all together and is well established. And going off of that, kind of like the opposite of that question, what is your biggest fear going into college? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, oopsie. Uh, <laughs> my biggest fear, definitely that um, academically I'm going to go off the rails because there, there are some things that I definitely don't feel prepared for. So as far as science goes, um, I'm just... I worry that I'm not prepared enough for college. So when it comes to science classes that are um, challenging and rigorous, I worry that it's really just going to kick me in the, ooh, can I say it, the butt? (laughs) I mean, I feel the same way. I I chose not to do a science course this year just because, wow, I'm not good at it. I'm not good at science. (laughs) So I definitely relate to that. Yeah, and um, so one of the my biggest issues is that I have ADHD and um, 
So when I first came into high school, like I had this very big idea of what I wanted to be. It was like, I'm going to go to the Coast Guard Academy. I'm going to major in political science and my life is going to be set. I'm going to get into high school. All of a sudden I'm going to have straight A's just like that. Um, But I soon came to discover that I lacked these skills and um, a lot of the things that you need in order to have straight A's and to get into a very difficult and prestigious college. And so freshman year was very, very hard for me. Um, I, my grades were tanking and I didn't know what to do. Like I felt like I was out of control and I had no idea why. And I would, I would just be up all night working on an assignment because I just could not focus. And I'd just be screaming and crying. And my mom would just tell me like, come on, you just need to get your act together. You just need to, you know, work harder, study better, all that. And for me, it just felt like I couldn't do anything about it. And so I just assumed that I was stupid and I'd never be able to get into college. Like that was something that I had come to accept. It's like, I'm not going to get into college. No college could ever accept me. I'm just, who knows if I'll even graduate high school. So like freshman year, like I said, was really difficult for me. And I spent a lot of time trying to convince my mom, like, I really feel like maybe there's just something mentally wrong with me. I thought, I don't know, like I had a lot of different ideas for why, what was wrong with me. I was like, maybe I have a brain disorder. Maybe I have early onset childhood dementia and like I seriously um considered these things I thought what else could be wrong with me there's no way this is me and so we went to a my pediatrician and they had a survey for ADHD that you would give to your teachers and they would fill out and so what ended up happening was they gave a survey that was meant for elementary school kids to the teachers at my school and so the questions were things like does the child get up in the middle of class and start running around does the child is the child unable to sit still you know things like that that no I mean maybe I don't want to make judgments about people and such but it's just not realistic that a high schooler would do that kind of stuff, you know, get right. up and start running around and so of course it tested I was like no you don't have ADHD and I thought like surely then what is wrong with me and so my mom was a little bit suspicious of the diagnosis and so we ended up going to a psychiatrist and she had diagnosed me with ADHD and then anxiety and then at the time depression and so for me it wasn't a relief but it was kind of like confirmation of what I had thought it's like this isn't just me being lazy or being stupid and such it's just some part of me that um I just need to work with and I need to learn how to get through and I think that's kind of also something to note is a lot of people that suffer with ADHD feel that way as they think that I'm lazy I'm stupid I just can't get my act together all of that and when in reality like there really isn't enough awareness for the fact that if you have ADHD it's not something wrong with you like there's not it's not something that you're doing it's just the way your brain is wired but um there's a way to work with it and learn how you study best and how you learn best and so 
yeah, after I had gotten diagnosed with ADD, anxiety, and depression, I had started medications, and I was like, oh, finally, my life is going to get on track. And so I was fully convinced, like 100% convinced that medication was the only route to get me sane, I guess you could say. And so we had started on all this medication over the summer, and I was disappointed to find out that it just did not work for me. Like, I didn't see a difference. I didn't feel more concentrated. I just, it just wasn't working for me. And so um, the logical assumption from that would be like, oh, well, then why don't you try a different medication? But my family kind of came to the conclusion like, oh, let's just, I guess no medication will ever work. So we just need to figure something else out. And so <laughs> I went to a support group at my um, doctor's thing and wow it was not at all what I was expecting like I was ready I thought oh my gosh this is this is it like talking out my problems with girls like me around my age oh this will be amazing and so I showed up and it definitely was not what I was expecting it was a bunch of um, people my age but there was not a single girl in the room. It was all guys, and they none of them really had ADHD. They all kind of were super shy and suffered from social things, and so it just did not work for me. And so I went to two sessions, and I it was just super awkward because I'd try to make conversation, and the counselor would kind of shut us down. Anyways, so... um. This is really a tangent. Oops. No, it's good. It's good. Thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> so, all that. um, how wh- how would you describe like your current state now? With, so my current state, I definitely think that I've come a long way because I used to be <laughs> a mess, a total wreck, and I just didn't know how to study. I didn't know how to concentrate. Test taking was really bad for me because, like in my math class, something that really hurt my grade is that I have a lot of trouble concentrating and I'm a bad test taker when there are a lot of distractions in the room. And so we would start taking the test and I would, I would study really hard for the test and I'd start taking it and all that. And then I would take longer than other people, but the teacher would go ahead and collect the other students' tests and just move on to the next lesson. And I could not concentrate. I would cover my ears. Um, I, you know, I would just sit there and I'd be so upset because I could not focus and I couldn't finish the problems. So I kind of learned that I need to be in a room that isn't full of distractions, that if I'm going to make up a test, it's not going to be in a classroom that everyone's talking in and all that. I mean, I still wait to the last minute. I'm not going to lie. I'm still a big procrastinator, but I think that I've improved as far as how I study and just managing better and stress and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. You are currently in a relationship. I am, yes. And it's going really well. Probably, I would call it the best relationship in our high school. (gasps) Oh. I mean, it's the most (laughs) long-lasting. I hope so. How do you think college will impact your relationship, though? So I was kind of worried about um, just the idea of me going to a different college than my boyfriend because, you know, you never want to be like, oh, yeah, my boyfriend and I went to the same college so that we could get married and all that, you know? Like, I would hate anyone to think that we were going to the same college because of each other. 
you know. But I was also a little bit stressed about the idea of, you know, being five hours apart because we already don't really get to see each other like a super exorbitant amount of time just because he lives an hour away from me. And so I thought like five hours away, like when would we ever see each other? And, you know, it's just a lot of high school relationships that go on into college and try to do the long distance. It can be really difficult for them. But um, things just kind of worked out that the school that I'm going to happened to, it was, you know, my dream school and my boyfriend, they gave him an offer he couldn't refuse. And so he ended up going there. And so I think that it'll definitely be a different kind of relationship in college because high school relationships versus college relationships are much, much different. And it'll be just weird. The idea of having so much time that we could spend together and being like, hey, we shouldn't, you know, eat every meal together and all that kind right, of stuff. Right. And it's good you, know? you guys acknowledge that. Um, and it's a totally different atmosphere. So mm-hmm. it's kind of stressful, a little worrying. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I definitely agree with the fact that you shouldn't be spending all your time together. Um, I definitely want to meet new people in college. I don't want to be limited to just my boyfriend or my boyfriend's roommate or my roommate. And I, I think some people go into college or like high school relationships continuing to college with this idea of like, oh my gosh, we're going to spend all our time together and, um, like it'll be like we're married just, but even better, like, (laughs) Oh my gosh. And so I don't like that idea. And I don't like the idea of being in a kind of relationship where it's just all about only you hanging out with the other person and them hanging out with you and not letting them branch out. So while I think it's important that you spend time together, because, you know, it's a relationship, I think that you need to have a good hold on letting each other grow as well because when I think about like I said earlier how much I've grown from freshman to senior year I can't even imagine how I'm going to grow from freshman of senior year of college and I don't want to be held back or limited in any way and I think that relationships shouldn't hold you back but help move you forward so I look forward to the idea of getting to grow as a person and grow in my relationship and doing that together. And I think the fact that you acknowledge how you're going to handle your relationship in college is already such a good sign. Thank you. You're welcome. It's just really good writing on the wall and everything. And I think the sky's the limit, really. You're just going to keep moving up and up and up just based on (laughs) what I know about you as a person. I hope so. Yeah. Like I said, I think that it can be very easy to fall into the trap of... um, making your relationship your life. And while I think it's important that your relationship is an aspect of your life, I don't think that my relationship is what defines me as a person or my boyfriend as a person. And I think, yeah, it's all about growth, growth mindset. So if you could tell yourself, your freshman self, one thing or anybody who's going through the same struggles that you had, one thing, what would you tell them? Wow. (laughs) I don't know. Like the cheesy cliche thing everyone always says is like, don't give up. 
and like it really does get better but um I guess it's just like high school really isn't everything I I went into high school thinking like grades are everything or um after school curriculars all that is everything but you know high school is not your life and the second that you make your worth that you assign your worth on the number you get for your GPA or for math class or science class it really can only lead you to your downfall and so don't let yourself be be defined by one thing just don't limit yourself branch out and just don't worry be happy I really like what you said about no one is one thing and I think that's a very important lesson many people realize in high school. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Deep Talk. I had a really great time interviewing you. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening and have a great day. Thanks again for listening to Deep Talk, The Human Condition. Our musical theme is Gone by Elephant, and that's spelled E-L-P-H-N-T. And our cover art is by Luke Dimas who can be reached at void.mp3 on Instagram. Stay tuned for the next episode of Deep Talk by checking out our social media on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at DeepTalkThc. That's DeepTalkThc.